Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Imani Talks Astrology. I am your host, Imani, and thank you for joining me for another week where we're talking astrology and we're talking what's happening in the world and how those two things intertwine and intersect with each other and how these things happen personally as well. This is definitely an episode that has been in the making, you know, the the Mercury in Pisces mind, anyone who has a, a Mercury that is ruled by the planet Jupiter, the process um, of learning uh, is very slow. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, it, and it's slow because it's never about the destination. It's always about the journey. That's what exploration and expansion is all about. It's just taking up as much space whether that's mentally um, or physically, (laughs) as possible until you reach a particular point um, of insight, uh, clarity, and wisdom that can be, or um, the things that you have expanded into can be applied into a particular area. So I definitely would say for months, um, this is something that I've kind of been kind of moseying over and kind of thinking about, you know, personally, but also in terms of how to share this information with other people as well, I've been like, you know, eclipse season is right around the corner. Um, And like, what the hell do we talk about? The year anniversary of this podcast is about a month away. Um, And so it's like, what do, what does that look like? Well, what does it look like in terms of being able to produce um, content that can kind of match that? Because I definitely think what brought many of you um into the fold i guess in terms of listening is being able to listen to something that was so deeply relatable um not just because it's something like oh wow yeah that makes sense but like deeply like on like a soul level right and it being able to hit you there and so with that it makes so much sense that we would return to a conversation about the soul about a year later Sorry, there's an airplane passing by outside of my apartment. Um, About a year later, we would return to that same point in which we are being asked to um, talk about the soul once more. And so, you know, this eclipse season, all of these things are are related. Um, You know, with eclipses, we're going backwards or with the, the nodes of fate, we're going backwards. So we're going from Pisces to Aries, not Aries to Pisces. And so with that, there's kind of like, and unraveling that it kind of feels like to me where it's like ah you realize the thing you take you peel a layer you peel the layers until you get to the core of who the person is but you see that the core it puts in perspective that that core is so much more reflective of uh i guess the the whole um you know when you peel an onion you know the bulb is what allowed it to to, or part of what allowed it to grow, right? Um, or is the kind of center um, of it. I don't know if that even made sense. Um, or if you look at any kind of uh, fruit, um, in the middle is the seeds, um, is the thing, the catalyst um, that allows that thing to become, whether it's a tree, whether it's a, a whatever the fuck, you know, um, or a berry bush, I don't know. Um, but kind of being able to see that the the smaller or the individual piece is what kind of 
come creates the whole but the whole also produces the individual as well and that's the journey that we're kind of taking um and we're almost done um we're at the north node in cancer um that means we have about six years i want to say six years maybe if that until we get to the north node in Aries and that is going to be insane because Chiron is going to be in Aries when that happens so like really just profound healing um of our inner masculine of our identity um wounds that we have but also the divine masculine as well so kind of looking at the <clears throat> the spiritual implication of that on a very large scale is going to be incredibly interesting to see. And then in that next year, um, in 2026, I believe, or 2025 as well, um, we have the Pluto moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. So the next six years, I know that that doesn't sound, that sounds like that's so far away. You guys have seen how fast time is moving. It is not that far away at all. We're already almost at 2020. Um, we're halfway through the fucking year. That being said, there is so much really important healing work that this transit is really kind of calling us to do so that we can again heal the the inner masculine but heal the masculine on a societal level as well um which is insane and so we're kind of gonna break that down in the sense of the way that the cancerian moon mother energy is really kind of calling us to in a way reparent ourselves we're going to revisit that conversation about ancestry and, and and ancestor work that's incredibly important at this moment we're being given the tools to kind of in a way reparent um ourselves um to heal the inner child and to ultimately heal ourselves and be able to kind of move in alignment with um what we're ultimately you know really here for which is really exciting and it's also really scary I feel like you know when you talk about because we're talking about trauma we're talking about again really deep soul work that needs to be done um, on a personal and societal level it's really easy to feel like whatever you're happening is happening to you makes you feel alone um, or that you're going through those things alone those are feelings that I have on on my own all of the time. But I think what I often realize is that because I, being in a field in which I have to talk about healing work, there is a certain amount of personal responsibility I feel to have doing some sort of healing work, knowing that there are people who are listening who are like, okay, is this girl is talking about this? Not a girl, I'm a woman, um, is talking about this thing. Is she even doing this thing? The answer is yes and no right um and so i guess just i say that to note that in whatever it is that you're feeling know that you are not alone even in the moments in which it, things feel incredibly dark and lonely there is someone who is listening to you there is someone who sees you um and more importantly if you need help whether that's in some sort of spiritual form you can call upon you know your spirit guides you can call upon god whoever it is that you know, you feel like you have some particular, even an ancestor that you feel like you have a particular connection to, you can call on those people. Um, and more importantly, knowing that, you know, if there are things that you are dealing with, 
you can seek help outside of that as well you know on the earth plane in a very kind of practical way there are therapists there are friends um, and family members that you kind of have that can really kind of work through uh, help you work through some of the things that you're facing um, if therapy is expensive for you because you don't have health insurance um, there are online options there are app-based options that exist um, that can assist you um, as well so definitely you know kind of looking into and seeing what different opportunities kind of present themselves for you to you know feel heard um, feel seen and ultimately do the healing work that is necessary at the end of the podcast Um, I'll be sure to list some very specific resources that you guys can utilize. I also think that I will likely put up some sort of graphic um, or something um, related to this so that you have that um, to kind of reference. Because again, I do feel like it's incredibly important um, as I share this information to not only share with you my sources, but also possible resources that can help you have some sort of practical action step that you can kind of take away from the things that we talked about today. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back after this short break. This will be an episode in which we do have to put a lot of different pieces together. So I do encourage you to listen multiple times if you have to i definitely encourage you to listen prior to the eclipses um and i also encourage you to look back at particular dates to um what's it called particular dates to really kind of track this this energy quote-unquote that i'm talking about i think it's also important to note that this will be something that we deal with through Gemini season, it'll be something, as I mentioned in the previous episode, that's because um, Gemini is an aversion to Capricorn, um, all the South Node shit, all the, and it's, and to Cancer as well, all the North Node shit, all the Saturn and Pluto shit, something about it at this time we're not really able to kind of put our finger on it may have been a little more obvious for us in Taurus season and definitely in Aries season as we kind of had to face those really intense squares between the sun and other planets that were in Aries and those um those planets that were there I will try to no I will not try to I will look back and look at particular dates um at least of importance um, to kind of look over for you to kind of think about these things for yourself. I will think they will reach an intensity and a high point um, towards the end of Gemini season. Again, as I mentioned in the previous episode, in part two in particular, where there is this enough is enough kind of energy that we gain from the Mars opposition to both Saturn, the to South Node Saturn, and then Pluto. It's going to be really intense. Um, This is an episode in which we will talk a lot about trauma. Um, Not in any kind of specific way, but possibly in a way that makes you realize things that do make you uncomfortable. That being said, if you do need to stop, feel free to do so. Definitely take care of yourself if you're not ready to hear um, or understand or take in something in particular. I definitely understand that. Uh, We'll be talking about... 
Yeah. Um, well, I won't say that we won't go into the specifics. There was a particular post that I had saw um, about particular types of traumatic experiences that I will bring up. Um, most of which that are listed on it are relatively normal experiences for people. I would like people to understand that normal just means that it is experience widespread. That does not mean that it is something that is okay. Um, and I definitely think that those are things that we need to understand, especially with Pluto and Capricorn at this time, when we're talking about trauma that is related to uh, the physical world. We're talking about trauma that is a result of the systems and the structures that exist in our world. Um, that being said, there is a certain amount of again, normalization that exists within the things that I will mention. And it will kind of put it in perspective, which I think, you know, many people have mentioned before, is that there are lots of people who are just walking around with a lot of undealt with trauma, which is kind of weird and kind of scary because we really like to paint this picture like the fucking world is normal or that the way, well, at least you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, you probably have an awareness that something is not right about the world. Um, and that's why you are inclined to one, listen and two, likely do something in your life to kind of change the fabric of, of the world and the way that it exists. Right. But people outside of this paradigm that we, or kind of bubble to be quite honest that we live in, don't think that way. Um, which has been very difficult for me to understand when I look at things like tarot videos and I watch, um, you know, different videos about with different like spiritual teachers and I'm like, oh, like there's 20,000 people watching this. Um, there's, you know, if we put all the, the views together of, you know, people that take in this particular content and information, we're not putting a dent in the size of the world's population. There are 7 billion people on this earth. And so I think that's one thing um, to kind of take away and understand when you're listening to this podcast and when you're taking in this content. And even, and I'm saying this to myself and to other people who create this type of content as well, can be very easy to feel like there isn't enough room. Um, again, lack, limitations, boundaries that exist within our system because our system is really based off of the idea of lack, right? Um, you know, to feel like there isn't enough space. I can't do a channel. I can't do a podcast. I can't do a this because there are so many people that are doing this. We need as many people as possible doing this work. It's not even a million of us. I don't know how many people are astrologers, like, and I mean like actual astrologers in this world, but it is, definitely does not compare to the amount of people that actually exist. And we know that the amount of people who actually believe in the kind of woo shit um, that uh, is produced on this podcast, others, and in other kind of content spaces, again, is only such a small fragment of our population. That being said, that means that there are that few people who are actively working to do this work, to share this knowledge and share this information. That is why there is, a, in a way, a personal responsibility that we each have to making sure um, that we are not just, you know, I this is fun, this is entertaining, but this is also important. Um, especially when we're talking North Node and Cancer shit, where we're talking about ancestry, we're talking about l our 
in a way, legacy, um, uh, our families, um, our past, um, and the potential of our future through the family that we have the potential to create. That being said, there is a very large amount of personal responsibility that we each hold in being able to quote unquote, do the work um, to understand the things that are happening around us so that we do not continue to repeat these same cycles. Because I'll be damned if I come back to this planet in another lifetime and people are on the same exact bullshit. I'd be damned, you know, and even if it's just within my own particular family, right? It's very important, so so important that we don't ignore this really, this uh, personal work that we have to do and the ways that we must transcend um, the limitations that have been placed upon us by our society, um, and you know, and the phys- and those are, again are physical, but we have to remember that that manifests and affects us on both the emotional and spiritual level as well, um, which is why this conversation um, is extremely important about soul fragmentation. This is, we're going to define a lot of words and a lot of things um, just because I feel like lots of words are kind of misconstrued and thrown around really willy-nilly and make room for confusion and also make room for things to just be a little bit nonsensical um, and a, a lot of value, um, I guess, at least spiritual value and understanding to be lost, um, construed and misconstrued. And that's definitely something that's done on purpose. And that's definitely why you have to be very conscious and aware of whose content you are um I guess, listening to or kind of sub- subscribing to when you are delving in this world. I'll definitely make sure that I reference the places that um, I found this information um, in the description box as well as throughout the episode so that you can go and do the research yourself. That's definitely something that I would encourage you to do. I will talk about like 2D, 3D, 4D. I know that sometimes that can be a really big turnoff for people because that is something that is a way that people have tried to manipulate folks um, is by talking about those. But I do think that these concepts concepts of the the dimensions or kind of depth levels, um, am I even saying that correctly, um, that exist um, in this reality is a very important part of this conversation to kind of make sense of our personal experiences, but also to make sense of the things that we see outside of ourselves, um, again, on a physical level and also on a spiritual level as well. Um, Hey, hey, hey. Okay. So finally, we're talking about the thing that I've said I was going to be talking about. I think it will help to preface this, and I'm sorry if I sound scripted, I did take a hell of a lot of notes because I did just want to make sure that this was as accurate and kind of succinct as possible, okay? So, soul fragmentation, and what the fuck does this have to do with anything, right? Um, It helps for us to, well, let me talk about the inspiration. I just felt inclined to, or was kind of pulled in the direction of watching videos of a particular person pulled down a rabbit hole and saw this video and I decided to watch it. Um, This person, um, and I will link this, I don't remember her name, I'm so sorry, um, was talking about 
soul fragmentation um in terms of oh, I don't remember what day it was but there was some major aspects kind of happening in the sky around Saturn and Pluto um and oh I think it was when she created the video when Jupiter went retrograde um and it kind of taking us on this trip or this adventure back to this space where we can look and see the parts of ourselves that have kind of been divided. I just want to preface that to let you know that this is not an original idea, but this is something that I felt the need to kind of share um, and delve a little deeper in because it relates very deeply to the lunations, not only in terms of what we're learning, but in terms of the direction that we need to go into as well, okay? Um, and to add more kind of practical um, skills and offerings to what can kind of be done. All right, I will be sure to give credit where credit is due. All that aside, um, when we're talking about soul fragmentation, none of that really matters when we don't have a very clear, concrete definition of what a soul is. And so in my research, um, I've seen a number of different um, ways that the soul has been defined, um, most of which excuse me, uh, oddly enough, uh, are from the Greek philosophical tradition, which is really funny because we all know where the Greeks got their information from. And what I found, um, and which is really funny, is that we're returning back to the same conversation that we had during the weighing of the heart episode. Now, this is what was crazy to me because this is what showed me how interconnected all of these lunations are this year. Um, it's insane and I told you that in the last episode but it was just it became that much more profound when I was doing this particular research the book of the dead the Egyptian book of the dead if you don't have a copy already get a fucking copy Um, it's talking about entering the afterlife but I feel like there is a lot that we can take away from it in terms of the way that we look and conceptualize um, waking life which is what I think um why the Greeks kind of got away with basically kind of stealing ideas um, that the Egyptians had. Um, and kind of over a process of thousands of years, we kind of see um, the these ideas, um, the main way that the soul is defined is in this, uh, there's this kind of tripartite soul theory that I've kind of seen continuously. Um, and I think even the Hindu tradition also follows that as well let me get this um this deck um it's so interesting last summer um when i went um to new hampshire um to visit nora awesome cancerian friend um she had um there was this woman uh, who was a yoga instructor and I think during the time, um, the person that um, I had previously been dating, I don't know why this is even important to say, in terms of the way that I got to this information, here we go again with the tangents already, you guys, um, talked a lot about mudras, um, and I had went into a store um, and saw this oracle deck that had mudras on it. For those who do not know what mudras are, they are 
hand symbols that you can utilize while meditating to open the energy body. And you're like, okay, what does this have to do with anything? Stay with me. Please stay with me. Um, And so I was like, okay, that's interesting. And, you know, this is something that, you know, when you see someone do something, you're like, oh, that's interesting. And it doesn't really mean much of anything until you see it and you're able to kind of form your own relationship with, with that thing, right? And so I was like, okay. So I bought it and I'm looking through it and I'm reading it and it's talking about the physical body it's talking about the um the physical body the energy body and the different layers of your being and your your aura etc etc and lo and behold when we I get to this yoga class the next day with the or at the the last day I'm there for the trip um the woman is uh the yoga instructor i when i tell you this was the the most intense yoga experience i've ever had in my entire fucking life and it actually the story deeply relates to what we're going to talk about so i'm going to tell the complete story so she does uh flow yoga i don't know what the fuck that means i don't really fucking know much about yoga just bear with me and you know, she had us, she was like, you know, it doesn't really matter if you get the positions right or whatever the fuck, like just, you know, feel into your body, like the way, you know, that we're just doing this thing. And like, we're trying to do is make more room within ourselves. I've always said that, and you may relate to this, like the feeling of wanting to stretch outside of your body right like you being in your body not being enough of a stretch or that you're not taking up enough space this has everything to do with this energy body we are so much more than our physical being there are many layers to our being that is are not tangible to the to the the human eye right and she was talking about stretching into those spaces yo she was like you know take this ball and like roll it you know under your I don't know how to fucking describe the story when I tell you I just sunk into and like not on some like weird get out shit but I just like sunk into my body and just flowed in like the craziest way where I could feel that I was making more space in my fucking body when I tell you you know she was talking about you know, stretching the feet. And I've mentioned this in a couple of episodes of a couple of old episodes that I did during the summer, specifically the ones um, around Virgo season. So like, go look in the listen to the August ones, if you want to, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, And she was talking about the back body and the back being um, the it's, you know, being representative of the the subconscious. It's the part of us, you know, it's behind you. It's out of your field um, of vision. And so when she said that, I don't know anyone who has like an American history textbook remembers that picture of the, um, the, the picture of a, a former slave with those welts in his back from being whipped. That image flashed in my mind when she talked about the back and the subconscious and I was just like holy fucking shit right like it was just this really kind of profound moment of realizing that in this very 
un- seemingly unrelated space I was able to kind of connect to and understand and feel and see a particular trauma that exists within my body and it was fucking insane and so I say this you know because I've talked about ancestry so many times before go back and listen to the north node and cancer episode I talk about that shit then I say all this to say um, the awareness of what is happening within me physically that is keeping me from reaching particular levels of my energetic body that is the point that I'm trying to make when we define the soul the soul is the connection between the physical and spiritual body we can kind of look at it or I've, I've kind of seen as an organizer of the spiritual being, which is why when we do things like acupuncture or acupressure, or, you know, different forms of massage, um, we can find or even just physical ailments that we face, dis-ease po- po- um, kind of points to something that's happening within us physically that is reflective of some external or even spiritual, um, emotional kind of turmoil that we're facing. Right. Like when, you know, you are holding on to a lot of and that was a summer where I realized I was holding so much, you know, many painful emotions and feelings in my hips. Like I had went to a couple yoga classes over the summer and I would literally, you know, we would do all the hip openers. I would come home literally sobbing, crying like, I'm, you know, and so it's like, again, this organizer of the physical body it's the way in which we're able to kind of make sense of what is spiritually happening to us because to a certain extent we don't we can't see that we don't know that right but it also is the opposite thing as well where it's like the things that we do to our physical body also affect our spiritual well-being as well bear with me so the spiritual body is made up of many subtle bodies that cannot be detected as easily but are existent they operate at different frequencies okay now when i was reading about oh my god we're gonna yeah we're going there we're going there um when i was reading about um this it was the soul was kind of once distinguished as like the difference between something that is living and non-living to be ensouled is the the latin root or origin of the word means to be alive um and so we kind of see that the the phrase of being living has kind of taken on its own connotative meaning that kind of changes and adjusts i don't know where i was going with that but maybe it's making sense to you um especially when we're talking about things mm, like the living dead I don't think you guys understand that this like cultural phenomena about zombies is actually a lot more reflective of our interactions with one another than you we think they are. What is so scary about zombies? It's that they don't have a fucking soul. It's that they are human, yet for some odd reason, they can't seem to empathize. They are self-destructive um, and they are destructive and harmful towards other people to kind of feed this very primal kind of need that they have keep this in mind and keep this in the back of your head as we're talking okay so we're gonna go to the egyptian way of looking at uh or the the way that the spirit is defined if you look in the egyptian book of the dead you will see this so that we have the ba the ka and the ak um the ka 
is what is referred to as someone's double. double. It is the life force that detaches from the body at the time of death. So in a way, it is kind of the glue that keeps the physical and spiritual body together. In the same way that we defined the soul as the connection between the physical and spiritual body, it is that aspect. Is is that in which keeps you alive or attached to your spiritual being, but also can exist without a physical being, right? It needs, so the way that, you know, we take care of the ka, um, as we kind of see in the tradition of mummification, people are buried with servants, people are buried with food, people are that we dress the mummy so that the ka um, can recognize the body of itself after it leaves and when it needs to return. It keeps things, a particular system of organizing itself, and we keep uh, in the physical realm, uh, people who do the mummification are tasked with um, completing certain rituals and doing particular things that allow there to be this recognition between the physical body and the ka, right? To kind of, in a sense, allow someone to remember who they are even after dying, right? Well, even when leaving the body. Um, who this can go in a lot of different ways. Um, we send food, we send all of these things, right? Um, the ba. This is also something that I saw in the Greek um, realm of thinking is that the ba is the origin of courage and strength within someone. To kind of continue to go off the way that they defined it, it associated a lot of emotional traits, um, which makes sense when we think about the way that we conceptualize both air, not air, fire and water signs. They're not very physical in terms of their expression or their need for expressing themselves, right? Emotions are intangible. Passion um, and drive is to a certain extent intangible and it's is the motivator behind the actions of the physical body, but it is not something that is representative of the physical body itself. Just like emotions, although they are not physical things, the physical body is used to display them or show them to us, right? Um, and so the ba being the source of that, of our sexual urges, literally all of the things that make us up and make us kind of enlivened and bring a person to life and make a person more than just a fucking body are also reflective of the soul. Then the last part. Um, so again, the ba and ka need to be fed in order to make it to the afterlife given servants and other guideposts to serve as reminders of identity. Keep this in mind. The ak is reserved for those who achieved ma'at keru. What is that? That is the ceremony that we discussed, which is that of the what? The weighing of the heart. So in making or passing that test of being a fair and just individual, soul, whatever the fuck, you are then given the opportunity to progress into the afterlife. Everybody has a ba. Everyone has a ka. Does everybody have ak? No, they do not. That is very dependent on, again, that weighing of the heart that we talked about before. Now, um, what does it mean? So, when I was kind of looking through these things, it was really funny, again, reading the Greek tradition 
kind of ways of thinking about this because it seemed like this just like we have seen in our history books you know of or even on the in the tv or whatever of white people like wow I just you know I think I understand this thing and like blah 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 and it's like none of these ideas are new black and brown people have been doing this shit forever what the fuck are you talking about that's basically what I got um from reading um things from the Greeks and it was very funny that some of the I guess most revered um people or within um the tradition um you know Ovid, Pindar, you know all the Homer, play, all the people I'm just like you know all the people you read in your fucking college humanities class I'm like bro can we read the Egyptian book of the dead that's where they stole their ideas from can we read some other texts like why are those the classical texts when they really just hijacked, you know, all of this information from black and brown people and then tried to, you know, write it off as some kind of like non-secular idea or something. Kind of like this new age spirituality shit that we see right now, right? It's just whitewashed um, version of things that people have actually been doing and is low-key devoid of anything spiritual at all. <sighs> I digress. Um, anyway, and so this led me to particular questions. Um, what does it mean, again, since we're talking about soul fragmentation, when the soul is broken apart, what does a broken soul look like? If the soul is a key to our ability to transcend both life and death, what does it mean when it is not intact? What does that look like? And I feel like for a lot of us, that is very familiar because that's the paradigm that we exist in right now, where there is a misalignment of the self and the connection to higher realms of thinking and being. When you are trapped in your physical body, you cannot see or feel beyond the confines of the physical world. And yes, I'm gonna say confines because the physical world makes us think that we are so much smaller than we actually are. You see the, the South Node and Capricorn element kind of coming out? Um, what she mentioned um, in her video, I do not recall this woman's name, is that trauma fragments the soul. And what makes trauma the fragmenter of the soul is that it takes on the similar effect of, as we had talked about, the, the ka needing to recognize its body when it returns to it. How is the soul to recognize itself when the body cannot even sh show itself to the soul? When there is a disconnect, when it is not being fed, when it is not the food, the servants, the guideposts. Think about what that means as a, phys as a being, as a person. When you're missing out on the signs, when you're missing out on the opportunities, the people, the, the everything that's supposed to connect you and guide you towards, you know, what your purpose is and what you're kind of called to and really need to do to really kind of make a mark on this earth. That is when the soul is fragmented. And it was really funny um, because, again, trauma makes it so difficult. And it's funny, I had this conversation with a client this weekend Trauma makes it so difficult for you to recognize yourself because your life um, is centered around your relationship to your trauma and not your relationship to who you really are. 
right? That is how the soul was fragmented. And during this time, we're coming into an awareness of how this society has really fucked us up and has really, really had us really confused about who the fuck we are because of these stupid ass arbitrary ideas of what it means to be alive, what it means to be human, what it means to be successful, what purpose is. All of that shit is, you know, put into some really just annoying, nonsensical box of, you know, things that most of us cannot and will not ever be able to check off. In a previous kind of iteration of what I recorded, I was talking about the American dream in particular and how it's complete fucking bullshit. It just is. This white picket fence in this colorblind fucking, you know, world in 1950 where you play on a fucking lawn and your wife cooks dinner all fucking day um, and you have your good job and you have your three kids and Sally and Johnny, they go to college and did it. Like, that's not real. That is not real. And we know that that's not real. The We see at this moment, we have been seeing for a very long time, that the way that we associate um, with this country, with um, what it means to be an American, is slowly just disintegrating and breaking apart. And it's happening internationally and other people can see that this shit is breaking apart and it's fucking insane right and so with that there is a grand realization that we each individually have of how this shit really has us fucked up and how everything that we are kind of experiencing um, and everything that we have experienced of ourselves is really kind of made in this bubble Um, and made in this kind of structure and image of something that is falling apart because it never was really intact to begin with because it was fucking bullshit, right? And so with that and kind of taking this back to the individualized experience, of course, you guys are smart. That's why you listen to this podcast. You understand and know that racism, sexism, homophobia, we can keep going. We, you know, classism, all all the isms, throw them all out there. How all of that has contributed to or is a the macro version of some sort of micro trauma that we have experienced right um going back to the idea of the image of a ancestor that has welts on his back from being beaten and whipped as a fucking slave that being an experience not i don't even know my relation to this person is not at least i don't think it is is literal but that's something that I carry in my body, you know? And how many experiences do we each have that we carry in our body that have nothing or seemingly have nothing to do with us and that are the result of hundreds, if not thousands of years of traumatic, institutionalized traumatic experiences that just keep going and going and going and no one in our family is seeming to do anything about them and so it goes on from person to person and we kind of see in a way you know the soul just slowly being broken apart into tinier and tinier pieces until someone is like something is not right and something does not feel okay right it's really interesting when I had first um let me just say this anime is they're hip you know the the well we already know this black and brown people and and asian folks are included in that boat as well 
people of color are just hip and they know how to tell stories and share information and knowledge in ways that people just don't usually pay attention to. If anyone has watched Inuyasha before, this is that same ass shit with the, yeah, see, I, I already know one of you was like, ooh, yeah, you know how homie is looking for the fucking, the sacred, the dual shards or whatever. It is literally the seacone, it's literally pieces of a soul that are broken apart and we have demons chasing after that shit. We have, you know, and when someone is able to put all of the pieces together, they can make anything they want happen. You know, they can make anything kind of come true. And that kind of speaks to when your soul is whole, is complete, when it recognizes the spiritual body and the spiritual body recognizes it, anything is possible, right? That's the idea. And so when we think about it, it's, it's you know, the physical aspects of self and experiences that are tied to this internal experience of the soul, they're either acting in alignment with or against the needs of it. And that is the part that's extremely important that I need you guys to pay attention to. I have said this before, this world that we live in, and I'm not even saying this on some weird trying to like police you type shit, but on some pay the fuck attention type shit, this world does not want to see you win. We say that in the social justice realm, but for some reason, when that comes to individually and that comes to things spiritually, this conversation kind of falls on deaf ears. Take that however it resonates. You, I think you know what I'm talking about. We are always being tricked into accepting and doing things that are not in alignment with ourselves. That is literally the purpose of this reality is to trick you and to keep you away from being you and to keep you out of alignment with what belongs to you. That being said, we have to be very aware and very conscious of the patterns of behavior that exist within us and knowing if they're coming from a place of who we truly are or if they're coming from a place of trauma. And I have something to tell you, likely it is from a place of trauma and it is from a place of us being misaligned with who we are, okay? I've been in a process for the last year and a half where I've had to teach myself what it is that I want for myself. And that has been difficult because even when I have friends that I've known for about a decade and they're like, yo, let's go do this thing. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I'm at a point where I have to completely rediscover everything that is for me and is not for me. And that's kind of the the weird and difficult point here because we are so attached to our life being a particular way, especially when a majority of our life is perceived and understood and lots of the things that we like and do are based off of this you know, fragmented version of ourselves that was created through trauma. That's not even really who we are. And in most cases, to have to get rid of some of those things, some of those people, some of those habits is extremely painful and is extremely scary because we don't know who the fuck we are, right? And so the Leo eclipse season last year told us exactly who the fuck we are 
and exactly what is kind of waiting for us, you know, on the other side of this this healing, this extremely oof, this this healing process, you know, it's a big one. You think about Cancerians, you know, their domain is the ocean. Do you know how fucking far you can swim into the ocean? Do you know that this earth is mostly made of fucking water? And do you know that we have yet to discover most of what is in the ocean? You know, you've seen that kind of like iceberg model of like the mind. That's what the fuck we're dealing with. And that's the scary thing that I think the Lunations have kind of brought out is like, we're like, oh, I'm keep doing, I keep going, I keep going, I keep going. I've accomplished this thing. I've done this. I've done that. And it's like, keep going. And you're like, excuse me? And the moon is like, keep going. You're not even halfway there. You have yet to kind of see and un, kind of unearth the depths of what is in you and kind of what needs to be taken out of you. I know you guys have seen, it's so interesting in the timeliness of all these things popping up related to cleaning out the water or cleaning trash out of the ocean. That's kind of what we're doing right now to ourselves. Do you know how daunting that is? Do you know how fucking crazy that sounds? The idea of completely ridding the ocean of trash and just disgusting shit after all of the disgusting filth and shit that has kind of been poured into that. That's what we're doing to ourselves. And oddly enough, it's that daunting because as I said, it's not just about you. It's about your mother, it's about your father, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your great, great fucking grandma, your, you know, if you have slaves in your family or people who were enslaved in your family, in your origins, if you had people who own slaves, it is all of that. It is resolving all of that. And I will say this and I will say this now. As I have said before, in case you missed the memo in the last episode, you cannot skip over the work. Not all of your ancestors are good people. That doesn't mean that they're not related to you. And more importantly, there, is, there are things to reconcile and there are things to heal and there are things to acknowledge that you have to do. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of how social justice warrior you are in this lifetime, you cannot cop out of that. That is something that is carried and that is felt within you, regardless of whether you do something about it or not. Well, the you have to do something about it. That's the thing, right? All of that, being able to reconcile all of the things that have been done to you, but also that you have done to others. And I'm talking about this in terms of the, the progression of one's ancestry, have to be reconciled. They are all a part of the healing process. Yeah? All of that is necessary when we're weighing the heart. And so we can kind of look at the summer as that being personal, where we're given the opportunity, given what we've seen, to continue this cycle of releasing and letting go these unhealed parts of ourselves or allowing the space to heal those parts of ourselves, of our family, to get rid of pain that doesn't even belong to us individually. 
so that the soul can feel whole once again and so that the soul can remember the body. I've seen a lot of really interesting posts about trauma and I think there are lots of really big misconceptions around what trauma is and what trauma looks like. And for the sake of being, you know, concise, I don't think that's the right word, of, you know, making sure that all of the proper information is shared, there are things that I want people to know are traumatic experiences. I think it's really easy to cop out and say that something is not a traumatic experience. Being hit as a child, whether it is because your parent is abusing you or it is because they are disciplining you. I have quotation marks around that because I do not believe that to be a form of discipline. That's just my, that's just me. That is a traumatizing experience. To grow up without a parent being around, whether it is because they didn't want to be around um, or is it because maybe they were in prison, um, because they died, um, maybe because they were deployed That is a traumatic experience. To grow up in poverty, that's a traumatic experience. I have a list. There was a post um, that the holistic psychologist put Childhood trauma also looks like not being seen or heard. Having a parent who unconsciously molds or shapes you from a place of their own unhealed trauma. Having a parent who vicariously lives through a child. Being told that certain emotions make you weak or undesirable. A lack of boundaries. Disclosing marital issues, prying, spying, over-involvement in relationships. Having a parent who focuses on overcompensating for the things they were lacking in their own childhood. Having a parent who denies your reality. Having a parent who focuses heavily on appearance, body, hair, clothing, makeup. Being an emotional support for for parents. Having to regulate a parent who cannot regulate their own emotions. I think lots of times we're told that unless you were emotionally, physically, sexually, mentally abused, that you're not, and it's very explicit that that's not a traumatic experience. And I want to mention and say that that's not the case. Trauma takes many forms and it exists on many levels, you know? And to be able to kind of acknowledge those things within yourself and those particular wounds I don't think I need to say anything else about that. I think you get it. Um, Yeah. I think it's very obvious how all of those things can break the spirit of a person or make it damn near impossible for you to recognize or understand yourself. And what this uh, eclipse cycle is asking us to do, it's like a big hug and a reassurance that all of those things that we saw 
for ourselves are truly for us. It wasn't a fucking magic trick. You weren't being fucking delusional. All of those things that you want, all of those things, I'm sorry, those things that you need, all of those things that are for you, they're there and they're waiting. But there's important work to be done. We have to put the pieces of our souls back together, right? The South Node is the awareness and being able to see and feel extremely deeply um, very hurtful things that we've experienced. I've had some realizations this week about people, about relationships that I've had that have fucking blew my mind because I wasn't able to see them in that way. When we think about what the ocean looks like, when it is most clean, right? It is so clear. Anyone who's been to, I don't know, like the Bahamas or uh, Hawaii, when you see how clear the water is, you can see everything. And in a way, cancer season at its best is that. It's water that's so clear that you can see all the way to the bottom. And what we have to discover is that there is a lot of muck and trash in there that doesn't belong. Right? So to go back to the original question or idea of how to survive eclipse season. Make space for yourself emotionally. Find people who can hold space for you. Cry and cry a lot if you have to. Find spaces where you can get this out of your body. Find professionals that can help you work through these experiences. Journal, get outside, get in some water, whether that's swimming or just getting in a bath. Water is your best friend this summer. Especially if you're crying a lot, you need to make sure that you're hydrating. It's really funny. Um, I saw some post maybe like a month ago where people are like, we not in our feelings this summer. Little does this person know we are in our feelings this summer. That's all this summer is really going to be about. It's going to be so intense. Um, But the other side of it is so beautiful and it allows us to get that much closer to what it is that we want. The South Node is a point of release. And Pluto is going to keep hitting the South Node right? Over and over again. And it's asking us to release trauma. It's asking us to release hurt, to release fear, limitations, and boundaries that we have put around the possibilities for ourselves so that we can make room. When the ocean is clean, right? That allows so much more space for other things to live and thrive in it. In a similar way, when our subconscious Um, when our soul is singed together and is kind of cleared of the muck and guck that have been placed there by people who are not ourselves because we wouldn't do that to ourselves there's room, there's space let's make space 
let's hold space let's make space that's all that this summer is about that's all that we can do I will really encourage you to be very playful this summer in a safe way yeah um because there's so much work that has to be done we have to remember to laugh and we have to remember to smile we have to remember to celebrate and we have to remember that we're not alone I think the Cancerian urge and what cancer season will do is you know the the crab has the tendency to retreat and to hide behind its armor and hide in its shell especially when the tides are pulling it back and forth right or some annoying human is fucking with it we can't allow ourselves to do that to the point where we isolate ourselves from everyone but what we also need to do is to realize that there is a certain amount of lone aloneness that we feel in dealing with our own personal feelings because they're just that our feelings many people can empathize but they'll never be able to feel and understand the way that you understand and feel yourself right but that also doesn't mean that people can't be there for you. And again, that's what I said about holding space. Find people that can do that. Eliminate people that don't. And I'll tell you, they're going to be shown and they're going to be very evident and very clear in ways that will really shock you. If there's a season, especially like I told y'all, the 19th, <clears throat> For us to really just see and know how people feel, this is it. And some of that shit is going to scare you. Some of that shit is going to disgust you. Because you're like, these are the people that I have around me? This is the shit that's been murking up my ocean, my water? People and things that you never expected. I'm disgusted already. I don't even know what the fuck to expect, you know? It's crazy. Get ready. And I guess I'll finish with advice for the signs. Aries. I'll start with the cardinal signs. Keep going. I think what you'll see is as uncomfortable as you are, you at least get to be comfortable, uncomfortable with other people, right? Um, you may change your mind about what it is that you want to do. You may kind of find that it's a time to revamp um, and renew um, your calling and how you define success for yourself. That's what everyone's doing, right? Libra. Keep going. Things are looking really good. They are. Um, I think your home life might be a little chaotic. You're not seeing anything that you didn't already know. 
but it's in your face now and you can do something about it. Cancer? What did I say before? Take the summer off. You don't have to do that thing for other people. Make space for yourself because great things are coming to you. Capricorn, try not to take this personally. Some of you are wrong. Some of you are very, very wrong. Very, 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 very wrong. And it's going to make eclipse season a lot harder the more that you push. Ooh, do you see? It's raining. It's raining so hard. Is someone crying right now? Someone's crying right now. Okay. Let's do the fixed signs. Taurus. This is happening... In your third house? In your ninth house? You have to find a new way to to show people who you are. So, okay, I'm going to wrap this up. This is all. I promise. This will be no more than 10 minutes. I will literally, if it just cut off, it's just going to be cut off because no more than 10 minutes. I want to talk about people. Um, During eclipse season. I think part of what makes eclipse season very scary... um, is that all the procrastination that we've kind of been doing on like having particular conversations with people or getting rid of particular people or allowing in particular people just become blatantly obvious to a point where it just makes us super uncomfortable. And so there's something that I would like to say about our relationships with people, whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member. When I did a reading for a client, I talked about uh, being followed by the spider symbolism. This is a conversation that has continued from the previous episode. A web can be a home or it can be a trap. It lots of times is both. In a way, our relationships like home can keep us tied to a particular way of being, thinking, feeling, even when it's we've outgrown it. But it feels comfortable, like home, right? But it's a trap because it's something that we have to escape. Because we have to go to something new. With solar eclipses, which we'll talk about in the next episode that I'll release at the end of the week. 
Um, well, not the end of the week, in the next few days. Like I said before, the real ones know what day it probably is. Um, it's about forming new habits based on the ideas of the past, right? It's like, okay, this is what it used to be. This is not something we have to scrap or completely get rid of, but it is something that we have to transform into something that is conducive to helping us move forward or for this new phase of life. With that being said, another analogy that I use to discuss webs is talking about their strength. Spider webs are very delicate, um, but they're also incredibly strong. They're stronger than steel, which is really weird because of how, you know, you can literally swipe your fingers through a spider web to destroy it or the connections that are there but quite honestly you can't tear a spider web into lots of individual pieces I don't know if anyone has ever tried that only a sociopath would probably try that because that is so weird anyway um it although it is very delicate like relationships um even when they are broke they can be remended but there are instances in which they do not need to be remended, right? But also what comes is something new. When a spider web is rebuilt, it is not built the exact same way. When a relationship is broken apart and then sometimes brought back together, it does not look the same. And that is either a sign that the relationship is fortified, it is stronger than it was before, or in some instances, maybe it is weaker and it cannot get back to that place. It's also important to note the strength of spider webs can withstand water, um, being blasted at very high speeds. And so there is ability for relationships that are strong enough even the most delicate of relationships to withstand the pressure to withstand external 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 pressure and circumstances you either have one of those relationships or the other you either have a relationship that can withstand the pressures and the tides of change that we're facing during the eclipse season or you have one that falls apart. Not to say that it will fall apart forever, but there is a patience um, and trust that we must have in the universe that it will allow space for that met web to remend itself if it needs to. Maybe that's not now. Maybe that's. 10, 20 years from now and it's just a matter of reconciliation or where you can tell someone I see you and I see where you are cool, bye it may be that this is a relationship that continues into many lifetimes and this is a thread no pun intended of issues that have to be reconciled and worked through and reformed over a very long <laughs> period of time time will tell and I guess my point is with eclipse season and I might have said this before don't hold on to anything too tight 
especially things or relationships that cannot withstand the pressure of you having to outgrow wounds, trauma, fear, and limitations. Some people are not there for you during that growing process because that's where they are. And you have to be okay with that. You can't take everyone along for the ride. The fool's journey takes it alone. Okay? That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, This week is a very special week because it is the one year anniversary of my podcast um which is really exciting thank you um for those who have taken this ride from the beginning thank you to those who just got hip to it maybe like this episode or a couple episodes ago thank you and I say that from the bottom of my heart um, for supporting this it's never been about how many people listen but it always has been about having the opportunity to speak truth to power um, and to connect with people in a way that's not superficial I don't like small talk and I don't like superficiality okay I do just a little bit um and so it's been nice to meet so many of you um and watch you know your particular work that you do and see how you occupy this space whether it's very consciously or very unconsciously that you do it it's amazing and it's beautiful so I again I say thank you I do have one final ask um it's a suggestion you can or cannot do this I don't really care either way if you would like to support um this podcast as it continues to grow over in the next year and maybe years to come, I will invite you to donate um, or to purchase a reading. Um, all donations will be done through PayPal. My PayPal is you, woman, you, just like my accounts. Um, you can give as much or as little as you would like to, whether that's a dollar or $15, whatever it may be. You can also purchase a reading. Um, over this next week, I'll make sure that all of my prices and things are available. If you are listening to this episode and you would like to purchase a reading during cancer season, you can receive $10 off of your reading. Fun? Exciting? Is that good news? Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm at the 10 minute mark. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to connecting with you all soon. And by soon, I mean in a few days when I release this second part so that this episode isn't a thousand years long. (laughs) 
because I'm so long-winded. I'm sorry. Anyway, again, thank you for listening. Happy cancer season. Happy eclipse season. Take care of yourself. Take care of... I was going to say take care of others. No, fuck that. Take care of yourself. (laughs) And if there's room to take care of other people, then do that. But you come first, right? How are you to bandage someone else's leg when you're bleeding, right? Anyway, 